This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 407 of the Stable Scoop Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com and Dr. Rose's Remedies. Eventer Angela Bailey from Maryland is the listener of the week. Rachel Pellison speaks about sunblock. And Mary Kitzmiller reviews the professional's choice elite sports medicine boots in the Horselovers.com Tack and Habit segment. Listen in. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Mary Kitzmiller, and you're listening to the Stable Scoop Show on the Horse Radio Network. I can't trip you up. I left Helena B. in there to see if you'd actually read it. Oh, and it was so close. I, I, you know, I tell you what, I'm like Ron Burgundy, and I have to read whatever is on the teleprompter. So I have read the morning show one wrong so many times when it's been wrong, or we forgot to change it back, and and Jamie will do the same thing because you just get in a mode, right? And you're just reading what's in front of you. Oh yeah. Well, and I remember. I think I was filling in for Jamie one show, and for some reason. My mind flips Jamie and Jen, the names. Oh, yeah. And so you would, we were talking to Jen, and then there was Jamie would come up, and I kept saying, Jen, oh, it was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> I think I transposed the names many times that show. Hopefully no one noticed. Well, Mary, if you're new to Mary Kitzmiller and have not heard her, she does an episode every month on the Horses in the Morning show. You are the second Thursday of the month? Yes. I am. Second yes. Thursday of every month. And Mary is a trainer. She's been to Road to the Horse a couple times, has done the Extreme Mustang Makeover. She's a lot of fun, and we like hanging out with her, and that's why she co-hosts. Uh, and she's a good friend. Mary's out of Texas. Uh, you can find all, all kinds of information about her at marykitzmiller.com. She's a superstar. Did I miss anything? Um. She's an I'll artist. My, send, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. She's an but, artist, which is kind of cool. Yeah, we we don't have the full hour that I would love to devote the full hour. <laughs> She's also really Mary into Miller's clicker the training. Yes. She also yeah. owns a Z Dunk <laughs> by the name of. Uh, it's Ziva, Ziva, and I call her Z. She's just pretty much Z. She's really cool, and you're starting to really work with her. I saw, so that was yes. neat. So, yeah, she's got a... And uh, the other thing about Mary is she refuses to tell me how many horses or critters she has. And uh, she keeps claiming that she doesn't want to count or has no idea. I'm not sure I refuse to count, yes. A bunch. <laughs> a handful here, a handful there. Yeah, well, I the can only imagine. I have, like, it's not just horses. So it's horses and donkeys and mules and Z-donks. And so do I count that 
whole total? I don't know. I would do it. I haven't gotten. I, I would to love it. to do a special show. Uh, no, a special show, a regular show on long years. And if we ever get that, that arranged, you need to show. help co-host that because uh, you love oh, the yeah. long years. Uh, donkeys and mules. For those of you going, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Some thoroughbreds have pretty long years. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Mary is currently training up. She's done many mustangs, many quarter horses, and things, and broke them, and done all the the beginner challenges. But now you're doing your first thoroughbred for the thoroughbred makeover at the end of the year. Yes, the Retired Racehorse Project Thoroughbred Makeover. And this is, to the best of my recollection, I think this is the first thoroughbred I've actually trained. Um, I I would have thought I would have done more by now. but um, So this is my first thoroughbred, definitely my first off-the-track thoroughbred. And uh, I actually just came in from working with him. Um, He's doing really well. Very, very smart horse. Incredibly smart. Very cool. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying that. You're, our listener this week, coming up here in a few minutes, has uh, many of them, five thoroughbreds. So you're, she, mm-hmm. I'm sure she could help you out with anything you need. You know, everybody's oh, always asking you questions on your show. Now you can, you got her. I mean, she's trained up a lot of them. So, yeah. Oh, yes, I'll pick her brain. Yeah, so that should be fun coming up. Well, we're going to get started today. Oh, by the way, Helena, I should mention... <laughs> Helena is just off this week. She is on vacation on some island someplace. She's been posting pictures of blue water, and uh, I don't think she's thinking much. She's just enjoying. So uh, it's Aruba or Antigua. I think it's Antigua is where she is this week. And they always get like these Airbnb places, so they actually get a house on the like right on the beach and... Uh, then she posts all these pictures that makes everybody jealous. And Helena's a bit of a fish. She loves the water. She loves snorkeling and uh, scuba diving and all that stuff. So I'm sure we'll hear about her adventures next week. Plus, she was right beside their house that they rented, was right beside, I think it's the Antiqua uh, Equestrian Club or Society or something. So she was hoping to get a ride in, too, while she was there. Ooh, very cool. That's what happens when horse people book the vacation uh, destination. It's like, oh yeah, you, this Airbnb. <laughs> oh yeah, and you 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 you'll be in some country, and you just kind of find yourself looking at pony tracks, or oh, you know, there's a barn right down the road. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> that's exactly. how it works out. You know, we were planning our vacation for this year, Jennifer and I, and last year we had a very horsey vacation. We went out to see Jamie and spent like three days there. We went up to we went up to Sedona and the Grand Canyon, and then we went out and spent several days at Monty Roberts' farm. And I actually oh, rode a couple right. times on vacation. It was a lot of fun. But this year I was like, you know, I kind of want to do a horse-free vacation this year. And then every place we look at, Jennifer kind of goes, well, you know. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to be horse-free. <laughs> I think there's always a horse involved somehow. There's, yeah, yeah, there's always going to be a horse. Well, uh, we have coming up right now our regular segment with Rachel Pellison. She's a health and wellness expert. She's a registered dietitian, nutritionist, a certified Pilates instructor, and lifelong equestrian. She has a company called Healing the Hungry Soul. It's a private practice offering health and wellness support for equestrians as well as individuals not afflicted by the horse addiction. And, of course... Her and I go at it every month because she tries to make me feel guilty about the crap I eat. Coming right up. Well, hi, Rachel. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. 
So good to have you on again. Now, I you haven't met Mary yet, uh, but you know how you and I go back and forth because you're always trying to make me feel feel guilty about the crap I eat. Uh, I'm always trying to make you feel better and you feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the way I see it. Uh, well, Mary makes me look like a piker. She, she eat, well, Mary, tell her what you're eating right before we started the show today. Um, a plate full of french fries. Yeah. Because it's a vegetable, so, you know, I have to have a well-rounded, you know, I feel that rounds out my food pair. There is well. nobody that eats worse than Mary Kitzmiller. She no, eats really more isn't. crap than fast food and just crap. I, I, you know, I've actually been with her for, for what, four or five days. And so I saw everything she ate, and it was pretty much crap the whole time. Uh-huh. And and the funny thing is, I thought that that was me. That was actually me editing what I eat because you know I'm in public. <laughs> that was me being a lady. You don't e- you don't even know. You don't know the depth of what I what I consume. You know, there's a lot of uh, horse women out there who can somehow get away with that because they do so much exercise. <laughs> Well, you know, I've uh, right around 25, I started noticing that I couldn't just, you know, wasn't um, keeping up anymore. <laughs> eating an entire birthday cake in a setting months, pe- you know, when it's not my birthday, because who doesn't love birthday cake? Um, and then, you know, I used to be able to just yeah work an extra horse that day and no problem. And now that I'm in my 30s, it's uh, it's starting to starting to come come after me. I don't um, it's not fair. It's one of life's. Uh, greatest tragedies i think you know i'm sure there's other things that could be worse but yeah it's, it's starting to come after me the, mm-hmm. the eating maybe the, not have no more half so a many gallon of ice cream at a sitting that's out yeah you know the ice cream i, I do love sweets and, and i love cake and all that stuff that that i can i have sparingly but for the meals definitely lots of starch um when i when they ask me for two sides at a restaurant I usually get two forms of potatoes because the rest is like roasted vegetables or a salad, which is just like lame. And so I'll get... Does this have spoken like a true Texas girl or what? (laughs) It does sound like a true Texas girl. Yeah, I'll I'll get the mashed potatoes, but also the French fries. So There you go. I love potatoes. Me too. I do love potatoes too. So there, I'm not the worst. I just... Throwing that out there, Rachel. <laughs> You're not. Well, everybody's getting a free pass on nutrition today because we're going to talk about um, keeping fun in the sun, sun safety today. Oh, okay. Well, that's good for, for the girl who lives in Texas and me who lives in yes. Florida. So it's like, you know, she's got hot, dry sun and I have wet sun. So Yeah. And for those of us in New England who've been all covered up in our pasty pale in the spring, we have to be very careful in the sun at this time of year, too. So. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that sunblock. All right. So we're going to start with the sunblock. So there's some good stuff and some real bad stuff out there with sunblock. So um, it's important to look at what the sunblocking ingredients are in your sunblock and not just grab any old thing off the shelf. So some good ingredients in your sunblock are zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. So we're getting very technical here, but... These are mineral-based sunblockers that have really good UVA and UVB protection. So these are going to give you the best sunblocking effect um, with no harmful side effects. 
So there are some pretty nasty sunblock ingredients out there. And two of the worst that you want to avoid are oxybenzone and retinyl palmitate. And the first oxybenzone is a hormone disruptor. So when you're slathering that all over your body a couple times a day, you're getting a pretty hefty dose of a toxic chemical. So that can cause thyroid problems, reproductive issues, um, and just general hormone imbalances that you don't want to deal with. And then the retinyl palmitate um, can actually damage the skin. So if you throw that retinyl palmitate on uh, melanoma that you already have on your skin, it will actually cause it to grow more quickly. So those are two ingredients you definitely want to avoid. <laughs> and All so right. it's surprising to me yeah. that these would actually be on the shelf for purchasing. Yes. Uh, who knew? Unfortunately, we have very, very poor regulation of chemicals in our country, in our beauty products, body care products, um, household cleaners, you name it. The chemical industry can pretty much do almost anything they want. So in the U.S., we have about 13 chemicals banned, and in Europe, they have over 2,000. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so you really have to be an educated uh, consumer. Well, you know, and, and I'll pick up a lot of horse products, a lot of people products, and uh, you, you always see on the sticker that it'll say, this product is, is, has known carcinogens recognized by the state of California, or, or it seems like California tends to be a little stricter. I don't know how much. Yeah, well, you know, they're so health conscious out there. <laughs> so <laughs> they tend true. to have, yeah, they tend to have a little more regulation, a little more government. And um, so they have a little more protection in place. They're a little bit more hippie, you know, so they're, they're keen on this stuff. Probably not so in Texas. Texas, I was like, just thinking that. oil blocks the sun, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now they, they do have, they do worry about it in Texas. That's why they, you have that great big cowboy hat you wear. I do. Uh, well, yeah. and I'm a ball cap girl at home. You know, that cowboy hat is, is that's, a, that's got cost me a few simoleons. So I'm, I'm, uh, I wear my ball cap. Train the horses. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. But my nice hat that you see in pictures, that is, that's a special going to town hat. Just um, gotcha. Yes. Yes. So I throw on, I throw on my ball cap a lot. I'm, I'm big on that. Um, and, yeah, you know, the sunscreen, uh, I, I got to remind myself, I do it most of the time. Uh, but And now I'm going to have to go look in my drawers and see if it's got any of those those chemicals. That's going to be interesting. Well, Mary, tell everybody, you did a live uh, on camera, you did a live video Q&A session last week, and tell everybody what problem you had. Oh, well, I went back and watched it, and I was really, really tired for one thing, but I went back and watched it, and I was talking funny. I'm like, why? Like, I had a lisp or something, and I realized, you know, I was, I mentioned earlier, uh, I sunburned my bottom lip really bad without realizing it. I was wearing sunscreen on my face, but he didn't put anything on my mouth. I was in South Carolina teaching a clinic, and I was holding my mouth funny, and so my, some of my words were a little weird so um yeah I, I forgot all about my lips my lips usually i don't have a problem and uh so i'm gonna have to remember that, that yeah is. a little uh little chapstick with the spf2 never hurts so now uh, so that's what to look for in sunblock anything else yeah one other thing is that the sunblocks the spray sunblocks have gotten really popular but yeah. unfortunately those are pretty junky too um, if That's you go on my face, yeah, well, <laughs> now, now you'll have to change. 
Um, if you go on my Facebook page, I just recently posted an article about um, a couple children who have gotten terrible, like, first-degree burns from sun from using the sunblock sprays because they just don't provide as good a coverage. And then there's also the issue that when you're spraying them, especially if you're spraying your face, you can inhale them. And we really have, since those are pretty new, we really have no idea what happens if you inhale those chemicals. See, I don't, I don't, we spray them on and then I rub it. So it makes yeah. sure it covers everything. You know, the spray is mm-hmm. more of just a way to get it on, right? Um, but I never would spray my face with it. I do. Yeah. You do? I do. I wouldn't spray my I face I see with people it. do it. Close your eyes, plug your nose, spray yeah. it all over. <laughs> oh, I don't plug my nose. Oh, she just reads <laughs> it, apparently. Yeah. Well, no, I, okay, here's my trick. Uh, this probably does nothing. Um, while I'm spraying it, I breathe out my nose. So I can't possibly inhale it, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's funny the techniques we come up with these things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So if you were going to recommend one that's re- one or two that are really good, what would you recommend? So there's a few good brands out there. I like Beauty Counter, which is one you can order online. Um, there's a brand called Alba, which you can usually find at like Target, definitely at Whole Foods or more your um, green groceries. And then Badger is a good one, too. You'll usually see in health food stores that's more kind of kid geared, but works just as well for adults, too. And is there a SPF number that you recommend? That's a good question. So um, they kind of mislead you. A higher SPF does not guarantee you better coverage, especially if you have um, ingredients that only give you UVB and not UVA protection. So 30 is actually plenty. Um, It's just most important that you choose ones with the zinc oxide or the titanium dioxide. And is there a place, have you written that down? (laughs) <laughs> Which one's the, the, the ingredients again? Do you have that written down somewhere? I haven't written it down, but I absolutely can. I'll make a little post on uh, my Facebook page so you guys can find it. That'd be great. because And, and where, where do people find you on Facebook? Uh, Healing the Hungry Soul. Healing the Hungry Soul on Facebook, and you'll put because uh, we have long forgotten already what you those ingredients you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I'm curious. <laughs> I'm going to go look. Uh, okay, uh, cool. Yeah, I want to go look. And this is one I might actually listen to you. All uh, right, yeah. I'm making progress here. <laughs> I'm still really not eating kale <laughs> and, uh, you know, not, not eating a lot of... Uh, no green smoothies? Uh, no green smoothies, but <laughs> just the thought of that. Yeah. yeah. So, no. <laughs> no. I was the wrong audience today. This is why Mary and I get along so well. And I was so happy <laughs> that Helena back. was out this week because it was like, oh, I can, Mary and I can gang up on her. And oh, yeah. you see, I, I chose my topic very carefully this that week. That was a good, yeah, good <laughs> choice, good choice. Otherwise, it would have been, it would have been pretty horrifying. Um, yes. Yeah, um, we can't argue with you about trying to keep from getting skin cancer, right? I mean, that, that one's kind of easy. Yeah, uh, you yeah. certainly can't argue with that. There's not a lot well, of debate there. And also, you know, um, so the skin cancer, obviously, incredibly important. But, um, you know, uh, talking about getting up there in age a little bit, I'm starting to notice that, you know, like on my forearms and on my face, uh, all those times I spent in the sun, didn't really care what I was putting on, um, skin's not looking so good. So, uh you know, it probably would hurt, wouldn't hurt to put on just a little bit of protection and keep your skin looking nice as well. Um, you know, we yeah. live in Florida, so, you know, we were just at the beach a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that gets all the northerners who come to Florida 
it happens every time. We see it with about half the people on the beach. Is what's the one part they forget about? Their feet. Exactly. Whoa. They forget. I didn't think about that. Well, they forget to put it on the tops of their feet. And I tell you what, it was so bad last year. Jennifer's dad did it. Forgot the forgot his feet. First day, his feet swelled up to like twice the size for the entire week. Mm. He had such bad burns on his feet. And we, we saw it again this time. People forget about their feet. Now, those of us who live here, we're aware of that one. Uh, you know, because, <laughs> and it's a, most, it's a very sensitive, very thin skin on top of your feet, too. So I don't yeah, know if it, does it burn. That skin doesn't get a lot of sunburn. If you look at people who have aged and have had a lot of sun, look at their hands versus their feet. You see such a big difference in the mm-hmm. skin and the the freckles and the spots and all that stuff. So, you know, blocking that sun really does protect you from wrinkles. So we have to keep our vanity in mind here too. So yeah, listen, we look good. listen yeah. to the Florida guy when he tells you to put the sunscreen on your feet. It'll save you a hospital visit. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Rachel. It's Healing the Hungry Soul. Uh, look for it on Facebook. That's probably your best spot. We'll talk to you again next month. Thank you so much. Well, I don't care what you say, Mary. I think you still look great. Oh, good, good. At least for, you know, I think I got maybe two more good years left <laughs> looking awesome before the diet and the lack of proper sun care. Comes I actually to get think me. you care more about the sun than you do your diet. I think that's going to get you first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is important. Um, well, and I've, I've got kind of, fairer skin I freckle really easily so I know that I'm probably more prone to uh to you know melanoma or skin cancer and so that that's an important one it is well we something else that's important is getting a good deal and I'll tell you what at horselovers.com you can do that get this Mary uh they right now and we put po- I posted this on Facebook Jennifer we use ultra shield sport for the horses the fly spray and it's a continuous fly spray, which means it's the container that you can turn upside down and right side up oh. and all that stuff. So you can spray underneath them, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and it just works. Guthrie's good. belly needs it really bad. Yeah, so I yeah. Like those and we have mosquitoes here that are wicked. And, you know, this one it does the mosquitoes. It, it just works for our horses. And, you know, it's probably got bad stuff in it, too. I don't know. Uh, but it's water We're resistant. <laughs> it's water resistant. It works good for our horses. They have it, get this, it's regularly $15 at the tax shop down the street from us. It's $15. Right now, Horse Lovers has it while supplies last for $3.99 each. And how big is the bottle? It's the regular size 15-ounce bottle. Yeah, I know. And it's the continuous spray bottle, which are usually more expensive. So uh, it's the Absorbing Ultra Shield Sport, and we uh, we got a case. We got six of them. For for less than it would cost for one and a half of them uh, normally. Wow. So yeah, I'm telling you, the if you're looking for any fly or insect control, whether it's the fly spray, whether it's SWAT, whether it's fly wraps or sheets or blankets, take a look at horselovers.com first because their prices are incredible, and you can combine, you know, you can mix and match. Plus, they've extended the Horse Radio Network coupon for 10% off. Uh, 
So uh, you can get an additional 10% off just by putting HRN in the coupon code at checkout, HRN. And most products will get uh, the additional 10% off. Plus, there's fly sheets. If you go on right now, in-season fly sheets are on sale for up to 79% off. Jennifer just ordered a fly sheet for her new horse and the fly wraps. They ate the leg things. She Mm -hmm. ordered those for the horse, too. And I think the total bill was like $40. My goodness. So check it out today. Get on there. Keep an eye on it. They have flash sales all the time. They have deals of the day. Horselovers.com is the place you want to go right now for all your fly needs. And use HRN as a coupon code. You know, we get so used to shopping at the certain place all the time. You get in a habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether you shop at one of the other big names or, or especially online, you kind of get in a habit of going places. Mm-hmm. Next time you're going to buy something, just go to Horse Lovers and take a look. I think you're going to be surprised. Plus, with the additional coupon, you're going you're gonna to find it. All right. That's uh, good there. Now we're going to head off. Neil, cue the music for our Listener of the Week. It is the Year of the Listener. And now, our Stable Scoop Listener of the Week. Well, we have Angela Bailey is our Listener of the Week. She's an inventor, also an auditor, and she's from Maryland. Hey, Angela. Hey there. How are you? You go by Angie, right? Yeah, I do, actually. I know. I said (laughs) Angela just so that everybody on Facebook could know who you were. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> well, Angie, uh, it's so good to have you on. Thank you so much for doing this for us today. Oh, this is this is a great opportunity. It's going to be fun. Now, uh, let's talk about your real. Before we get into horses, let's talk about your real job. You're a geek. Kind of. <laughs> well, now it says you're yeah, an it's... IT project manager. That makes you a geek. Oh, no, okay. I would Does say it? nerd. Nerd? <laughs> we're getting into the nitty-gritty. Ge- geek is like Star Wars is my Bible, and which may yeah, apply. I, I don't know. I have to agree with Mary on that one. Yeah. 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 So so tell us about your job. Geek is when you... Um, I, I work... I told you this one before. It sounds kind of... For the Coast Guard as a consultant. Um, it's actually in West Virginia, about 80 miles... Um, what are we north north of dc yes there is a coast guard location there no it doesn't matter that it's not near the water (laughs) um so it's it's one of their uh, major data centers for the coast guard so um large majority of their systems are housed um at our location and we do the software development hardware maintenance and that sort of thing um so i'm on the software side of the house and that's where it project manager comes in i'm not hardcore techie but um, do need to know my fair share of nerdy, geeky things in order you to, a, to do my job. Are you a coder? <laughs> you code too? No. no okay. I have only done that in, in my uh, master's program. I've never, I never actually in, ended up going down the technical track. I got kind of pushed into the management world and never looked back. Good well, or that's, bad. <laughs> that's better anyway. Coders, I, that goes beyond nerd now. You're, you're, I don't even know what that level is. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, coding isn't even as much as a nerdy thing anymore. It's almost kind of become the new sort of frat boy jock profession from what I hear out there in Silicon Valley. It's, it's kind of hip and cool. And I actually want to take an online coding class. I don't know why it, I'm sure it'll come in handy. 
Well, you know, and if you're a female and want to get into something where you're guaranteed a job, they are dying for more females in the coding world. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, especially for us, there's di- different clearance levels. So if it's something that, um, you know, you, you have that ability and that desire to do it. Um, yeah, actually, our location offers a lot of opportunity to college grads. We have internships for um, college students, and it's it's a great opportunity. It, you're, at least at this point and for the near future, that there's plenty of jobs out there for developers, admins, database admins, sysadmins, all those sorts of folks. All right. But well, that's, that's a, okay. Enough that's of that. Job. Enough of that geek talk. Let's get to horses. So, okay. you, so you're married to a guy named John. Was he a horse guy before you started? No. Yeah. Nowhere near. He married into <laughs> it like I did. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Yeah. And then how is he a horse guy now? Have you converted him? Yes. In fact, he is so fully immersed that um, people are completely impressed with his ability to um, notice colic, diagnose lameness. Um, wow. He, he really, yeah. I mean, I guess uh, I'm not, I think his training was rather um, uh, rigid. <laughs> it came from me, but um, yeah. So, he um he really can uh he, I mean he's very comfortable around a horse he doesn't actually ride at least at this point but um he's he's actually likes the likes the horses a lot likes the work likes being around them and that sort of thing so I'm very lucky. Mary wants to know if he has a single brother. Uh... <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, Mary, I tried. <laughs> Sorry, it never hurts to ask. I tried. I'm yeah, trying okay. to help you out here, Mary. Well, uh, now you have, we always ask about the number of horses you own. And as you know, you, I think you listen to the shows pretty regularly. Mary is training up her first thoroughbred. And I told her you were coming on today. You've got a few of them, don't you? I sure do. I love them. <laughs> so why did yep. you go, you have five now thoroughbreds. Why did you, what, what attracted you to thoroughbreds? You're an eventer. That's one thing. Um, I grew up. Uh, when I first started to write English, I, I was lucky enough to connect with a gal who had a couple of thoroughbreds off the track. And to be honest, then when I could finally, I rode Western for years and then I switched to English. And when I could finally afford sort of a horse, you know, an off the track thoroughbred was an economical choice. And I absolutely adore that horse I had at the time, but um, I had an opportunity and was working in Europe and always just lusted after warm bloods, warm blood, warm blood. And so I got a warm blood, a Dutch warm blood, and <laughs> it turned out to be my biggest nightmare. He, um, he accomplished a lot, but it came with a very high price tag of a lot of bumps, bruises, and heartache. And I decided that if I was going to get crazy, I might just go with uh, crazy with a work ethic. And so I adopted well, I kind of just took one off the track, Pimlico. Um, he was, he sort of had some ankle issues and then I, I got a second one and then it just sort of, <laughs> just sort of continued from there. And now I'm up to five. I just got my fifth one, May 20th, actually. You're collecting. She's collecting so. thoroughbreds. That's not yeah, a bad thing that, to collect. It's officially over though now. The, the whole, um, I mean, I can go into the, the story is that I um, adopted a horse from New Vocations, the Pennsylvania location of New Vocations. Um, that's Dudley. And Dudley's been a horse of a lifetime. And 
I found out that the well, actually, I kept in touch with his breeders and owners who donated him to new vocations, and uh, he had a couple of siblings. One of the siblings went on to be adopted by somebody else, but then I realized he had another sibling that was actually born on my birthday. Um, same mare, different stud. So I went up to see him at, it was actually a Penn National, um, which is actually nicer, I think, Glenn, than it used to be when, when you were living around yeah, here. Yeah, it used it's to be the nicer, trashy but... track. <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know, now that the gambling's there, maybe it's nicer. It is nicer now, exactly. Same with same with Charlestown, because that's sort of where I'm situated, close to those two. Yeah, um, the Charlestown, the old barns at Charlestown. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. They were a disaster. Yeah. 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 It, well, I mean, that's where the casino has really helped, I think, to, well, I mean, the future's kind of questionable, some things going on, but it did help in terms of trying to do a lot of the upgrades at both of those tracks. Cool. So, but yeah, so I went up to see uh, Dudley's, his, his, actually, he's a half-brother, and was hoping that he would be this sort of, don't be looking, um, you know, I don't know, unadorable, whatever, and I wouldn't be at all tempted instead this huge 16 two plus hand leggy gray gelding walks out and you know instant goosebumps and i was so i and that was it them and <laughs> that was it load him up <laughs> so of course they ran him for a while he did win one race but otherwise he it, it just seemed like his heart wasn't in it and i think he's got some maturing to do so one day i got the email that said if you would like to have him, he's here. You can come get him. So that's what happened. <laughs> I think Bentley's on my wall behind me, isn't he? Yes, he's. that's the one on your wall. Yeah, yes, okay, it is. good. And if people that don't know what we're talking about is the auditors all submitted pictures. I mean, all of them <laughs> submitted pictures, and I, I have a wall of auditors behind me now, all their pictures on my wall. It's really cool. They look at me every day. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that is that was a great idea. It's really neat because it reminds me too that there's actually somebody listening. You know, sometimes when we're doing the show, Mary and I will be sitting just talking to each other. We forget that people actually listen. Uh, but that reminds me every morning when I walk into the studio that there's uh, all those people are listening it, and a few thousand yes. more. <laughs> it really puts it into just just the auditors alone, not taking into account all the listeners. Uh, when you look at that wall, it's like, oh, man, we have a ton of auditors. I didn't realize. I thought it was like, you know, like seven people. This kind of <laughs> what I had in my head. It's a few more than that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. A few, a few. Well, and we thank you for being an auditor, too, by the way. So you compete in eventing. Where did that come from? Um, actually, back in the day when I uh, still had was riding the Dutch horse, uh, he was meant to be a jumper. That was my goal. But um, a friend of mine, actually, she had a friend who had a private plane. And so all, all four of us and her friends... Um, child flew down to Rolex. It was the first time I really never even knew what Rolex was. And this was 16 years ago or so, something like that. Um, and she said to me, you know, you really ought to try eventing. Of course, I didn't want to gallop this crazy horse towards anything and getting him into any kind of forward gate was a challenge. So I didn't think that was the greatest idea, but it sure did look intriguing and came home and actually, uh, Hooked up with a local trainer here named Sally Shirley, who's doing the retired racehorse makeover, by the way, and I'm about to go cross-country schooling with. But she took Jay, and I got to say, she was the first one I actually accomplished anything with them training-wise. 
he was he was very tough. But that's what kicked it off. Um, he didn't make it easy for me, but I kind of got hooked. So I uh, don't do anything big. I wish I could. It's just between job responsibilities and life responsibilities. I don't feel like I'm set up to go do intermediate or advanced, but I do like the challenge of all three of the phases and all of the, the constant work that you have to do to, to, uh, you know, to, to accomplish a good day out of an event with all three of the phases. So there's some of your competition, Mary, by the way. Ooh, yes. I'm going to have <laughs> oh, to do yeah, the appropriate <laughs> Facebook stalking. Yes. <laughs> so it'd be interesting because you've had thoroughbreds for so long, uh, Mary. You have your first one. So what are the what a couple things have you noticed uh, that are different than than training the mustangs or training the the quarter horses from scratch? Um, a lot of same, a lot of different. Um, this uh, now because this is just really the one horse that I focused on. I, I, you, and you'll be able to tell me if he speaks to the whole. Um, he's insanely, insanely smart. I was just teaching him um, some liberty this morning, and I'm teaching him cues I've never taught him, and uh, that I know that he has not been taught. That he, the the trainer on the track, uh, actually did have a really nice grammar program with me started him very well um but i know that what i was specifically teaching him in terms of liberty he'd never done and after about five minutes he mastered it it took guthrie like six months um and you know and i think guthrie's pretty smart fella and this guy it was so quick and so consistent that i thought did I teach you this? Have, have we done this before? And no, we haven't done it before. And I mean, he just had it down, then kind of looked at me. He's like, okay, what's next? And, uh, so that was a really surprising thing. I mean, I, I, I've always heard they're smart. Um, and then another thing with this guy is he is insanely athletic. Uh, obviously I know he's athletic enough to get around the track. He, he didn't have, he, I think his best finish was like fourth. <laughs> he was raced, I think, about five. He, I think he had five st- five starts. But um, and when I talk about athleticism, when I work him, uh, especially in the round pen, and I'm just letting him go around, uh, you know, he's got he's got the power to go. Of course, he can you know get a burst of speed, but he really you know uh, engages his hind end, gets deep under, you know, really reaches those hocks forward, gets him way up under himself. And he can hit a, a canner where it's a very powerful engaged canner, but he's almost in place. That's how uh, he, he can almost canner in place. It's amazing. So uh, I was I was just looking at that thinking, oh, man, there is a lot I can do with you. I'm really excited to see how it pans out. Have you have you it found it's cool to take them? Go ahead. Sorry. Have you found the same things in yours? Um. I think I, 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 since I have a collection now, they're the one thing I can say is always consistent, I think, is their heart and their desire to be around humans. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, otherwise, mine are they're, they're actually very different. That's why when people say thoroughbreds, I mean, I don't, I don't, you can't just stuff them into one category. Um, I mean, I've got a mare that I would never take eventing. She's got a physical, um, I guess, obstacle, but she just never, she's not brave. She's not. And then I've got another mare that when I evented her, 
it didn't matter what you put in front of her. She was going over it. She was, you know, and just forward, forward, forward. But out of all five of them, even though they came with different, I'd say different trust levels, they all have come around to be exceptionally friendly, interested in, in what we're doing, and just are such triers. I mean, even if they're not getting it, they're, you know, they try. They really do try. And I haven't always seen that in all other breeds, but I think that's the most consistent thing I see with the thoroughbreds because they, and they can, I've got one that's, you know, 15-3 and then up to 16-3. So they can be big, little, and then it's confirmation figures into some of it. So the two things I think I really see that's really, truly consistent after all these years, because I think I'm up to like eight or 10 I've had through the years. And, and it's really, it's the heart and it's just their, their wonderful personalities when you deal with them. I would agree with that. We've probably had 20 or 30 over the years, and, uh, you know, they were all different. Some learned quicker than others. I think, Mary, you got kind of lucky on the super smart part because they're not all that way. Uh, a lot of them are, but mm-hmm. the, the heart thing is for sure. And then also the friendliness thing. I mean, we've had some that would just crawl in your lap. Uh, and, uh-huh. you know, and I've always liked the mares, you know, I, and I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm probably going to get hate mail, but I so many people just don't <laughs> like mares. But, I, you know, I always liked Jennifer's thoroughbred mares. And we always got along well. I was always the one to take care of them at the shows. They seemed to like men. And, you know, they were just, I mean, they literally were like a dog at the shows. <laughs> it, was, uh-huh. it was funny, and, which is a good thing because when you're at an event, and especially if you're there for one or two or three days, you got to have one that hangs out good. And, and you know, some of, some of them we've had over the years didn't hang out good, and that just made for a miserable couple days because uh, yeah. you were constantly fretting about what, what the horse was doing, right? And, you know, yeah. so hanging out is an important part. But yeah, I've, we've kind of found the same thing with all of ours. Well, before we run out of time, I have to ask you, what's the most adventurous place you've ever ridden? I had a tough, a tough time picking. I was um, lucky enough, a friend of mine moved to Dublin, uh, south part of Dublin, and I went to visit her several times. And I, so I got to ride over there across country um, a few times. And I mean, just a thrill, just major fun. Um, Every fox hunter in the audience now just got chills. You know that, right? Uh, I didn't get to go fox hunting, which I really, really have always wanted to do. But I did. Yeah, that didn't work out. But but just riding in Ireland is every girl's dream, I think. (laughs) Yeah. And being immersed, it really is a different attitude. And the number of people who are interested in the horses and the sport, you know, horse sports and stuff is just awesome. And then. I also had an opportunity to ride for two weeks um, dressage in Portugal, oh, cool. um, and that was that was incredible because you were, you know, fully immersed and in, in the dressage when you rode twice a day, and that's all. You know, if you weren't riding, you were talking about it, um, and we would do yoga in the morning, and there was really no phone you could use unless you walked down the street and had enough change and hoped that it worked for the day. So you, it was, and this was years ago. So you were cut off from, um, all of the world. There was no mobile phone. There was no laptop and it just was the coolest thing. And I would love to do that again because it, your skill in a matter of weeks just increases. Um, and so I had a tough time picking between those two things. <laughs> well, they're both pretty cool. I can see why. <laughs> I can see why. <laughs> But now, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get to the rapid-fire questions, how did you hear about the Horse Radio Network? 
Uh, it seems to me that at some point, unless I made this up, but I thought Bit of Britain had some kind of podcast. Well, boy, you go way back to the very beginning. Yes, we did. We, uh, Helena and I, actually, and John Nunn, started a podcast back in, pff, might have been 2006, uh, when podcasting okay. had just first come to iTunes. I think it was called the T- Talking Equine Show. And that's right. Yeah. Was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. I actually looked for it the other day and it's gone now. But um, we yeah, we started that show when I worked a bit of Britain. Then when I left a bit of Britain, uh, the show went away. And then it was about a year later after the show went away that I contacted Helena. But that's how when Helena and I first started together was the talking equine. So you go back to even before Horse Radio Network. Yeah. So, yeah. And I really enjoyed it because. Just, I mean, cleaning stalls, mowing the lawn, driving to work, driving to a show. And I thought, well, I wonder what ever happened to that thing. I wonder if I wonder if I just don't get it anymore. Something went wrong in iTunes, and and then I searched in iTunes, and I came across came across Horse Radio Network, and that's <laughs> that's how it all started. Wow, um, you were one of the first, so yeah, first I, listeners I, way back when, a long time ago. Yeah, and yeah, and I and then um, I had some episodes to catch up on, but uh, yeah. It's been a long time. Well, Back thank when you. it really was it. about seven people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you were one of the only ones. So you were a geek, so you could figure it out. You were one of the only ones that could figure out how to get the show from the computer to the iPod. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't actually that hard. I used to listen to Buzz Out Loud. I oh don't yeah, do that one much anymore. Do you but, know he um, has a new yeah, show? Do you listen to Tom Merritt's new show? I don't know. Oh, I, I love it. it actually. Well, I listen every it's your, day. It's your fault. It's your fault, Glenn. Because I, I only have so much time to listen. <laughs> yeah, and I choose horse racing. So, oh, good. Well, yeah, forget but- Tom Merritt. Screw him. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to listen to his crappy show. All right, let's know, do I it. Rapid fire questions. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. All right, Mary, take it away. Oh, yes. These are mine. Okay, what is your favorite food? Guacamole. Ooh, good one. (laughs) That's a good Texas answer right there. Yes, you would (laughs) love Texas. Uh, Oh, okay. And so what is your least favorite food? Veal. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I would have to agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I've never had it, but that'd be on my list too. Um, What is your biggest equestrian pet peeve? Um, People who don't educate their horses or even attempt to try to learn more about their horses. You know, and yeah. I, I followed it up with, with, I mean, like we just said, the podcast has now been out for years. It's really so easy. Everything's so easy to get your hands on information. And I know a Google doesn't replace a vet, but at least try, <laughs> you know. Or even, yeah. I would even <laughs> add to that, if people who refuse to educate themselves yet think that their horse, you know, they're, they're not, they have a, a lot of knowledge and that they're. You know, so it's it's not only that they won't learn anymore, but they also think that they already know it all, which is yep. yeah, that one that one's pretty that's a that's a pretty good one. That's that's a big one and and that pet peeve thing. I've I've got about three zillion of them that are a lot more nitpicky, but that might be an entire another show. Um, <laughs> um do you have well, and a, oh yes. I- well, I'll tag on to that because there's people like you, Mary, I listen to the advice that you give and I'm still astonished at people who are like, um, 
well, I really had to bleep, bleep, bleep and tell him who's boss sort of attitude. Oh. It drives me crazy. Yes. Like, that's, you know, 10 minutes of listening to your training tips just, and it just doesn't work. I don't even, and I don't know how anybody feels good about themselves at the end of the day when they, anyway, so yeah, we and, could and, probably. You know, <laughs> yes, that look, that's a, that would be a good discussion. And in, 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 I guess in those folks defense, I think there's that a lot of that is some preconceived idea we've had in not just horse training, animal training, dog training, especially of, Oh, you've got to show him who's bossed. And, and so I think folks are st- slowly starting to kind of, drop all of those pretenses of thinking it's me versus him and I've got to win or else he'll win. It's like, can't we both win? That would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. next question. Do you have a okay. favorite professional uh, or celebrity equestrian? Um, I put down uh, Sally Cousins and probably Sally Shirley is right in there too. She's just not I mean, she's not as well-known as Sally Cousins. I don't know if you know Sally Cousins. She was at Rolex this year with Tsunami, off-track thoroughbred. Um, I don't get to ride with her as much as I'd like. She's kind of far away. Uh, But she was, uh, you know, anybody who's patient with me in the early years, I can't say enough good things about. She's just an all-around incredible woman. She's someone who can get on any horse, anytime, anywhere, and produce, and she's I don't know. She's just pretty top-notch person all around. I, need I wish she her, got a little more. We need to get her on the show. I don't know that we've ever had Sally on a show. She's yeah, in Pennsylvania, I, right? Isn't she up there near John at the uh, bit of Britain? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She sure is. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. And I mean, she's one of those people that, um, she, you know, we have Maryland horse trials close by here and, Sally Cousins comes rolling in with her six, eight horses. I don't know how she does it. I've got one horse and I'm like, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but yeah, she's an, she's a really amazing lady. Cool. Very cool. If you won a million dollars, where might you go on a vacation? I actually said I would go wherever my husband wanted to go. Um, he, I got to travel a lot for my job in Europe and domestically and he's never really had that opportunity so i would i'd actually let him pick oh that's a good nice. wife yeah <laughs> no, good answer all the horses <laughs> um okay next one is what is the most terrifying thing you've ever done and would you do it again i I think it was probably when I went training level eventing on my crazy Dutch horse. And yes, I don't, wouldn't do it on him again, but I would love to finally get Dudley up to that level at, at some point, if I can get my confidence together. <laughs> and for the ignorant Western rider, I did, I did do some cross country years and years ago, but so at training level, is that, what is it? Two, six, two, nine, or is it even, are they even bigger? On those um, training level, I can't remember the width. It's two eleven, and I, think, yeah. I forget what the max width is. Pretty much three feet. So it feet. doesn't sound. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't sound big. But it doesn't sound big when you say two eleven. When you say three feet, it sounds big. Well, and it's not like a pole, you know, on a jump cup. It's it's yeah, you know, right. it's, it's a tree trunk. Yeah. I, when I went to yeah. Rolex on my ranch quarter horse riding around i kind of had it in my head like oh maybe there's some small little logs i could pop over and no they were 
up to my face. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. No. <laughs> yeah. And we did almost die anyway. That's, that's always the fun story. That. <laughs> um, if you could have just one superhero power, what would it be? I would heal animals. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. That's the first person <laughs> to say that. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you'd save on a lot on vet bills, too. So it's <laughs> practical as well. There you go. Well, you know, when you go places and you're like, oh, my gosh, please get your horse to the chiropractor, please. And I could just go poof <laughs> and yes. they'd be adjusted and they'd be able to actually walk up those hills and down those hills. And I just feel, you know, you see that sort of thing. It just, yeah. 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 That would be my superpower. And finally, if your horse could speak, what single question would you ask him or her? Well, I had the funny answer, and it was, uh, I would ask Dudley why he always has to slime me on the boob. But <laughs> then I thought, you probably want to bleep that out. He has this unbelievable ability to, especially if I end up having to sneak in there with work clothes on to put a bandage on or whatever. But no, seriously, I, I would ask I would ask if there was something I could do to make sure they're happy or happier. Hopefully they're already happy. I need to, at the end of the year, go through all of these answers for that question, if your horse could speak. And I I think that 90% of them are going to be that answer. Yeah. 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 For this crowd, yeah, absolutely. I think it's got to be about 90% being that answer. We've never had the boob Mm -hmm. one before, though, so that's... that's... (laughs) But yet, that is not an uncommon problem. We we are our horse's (laughs) walking handkerchief. Jennifer this morning said, I just went out, got my horse out of the stall, walked him out to the field, and she was in here standing in my office going, and I smell like horse. How does that happen? (laughs) All I did was walk in the stall and walk him out. It was funny. I can do you one better. I once um, left, I was working in a barn, and I was flying to the UK for Christmas because my parents were living there, and I wore non-barn clothes, um, you know, changed non-barn, you know, uh, clothes head to toe. And I had to go through the barn just to, I think I had to check on something, just walk in down the aisle and back. I didn't get anything on me, nothing whatsoever. I got on a plane and, you know, went to the airport, which was several hours, flew for eight hours. Um, and when I got off the plane, my mom was like, wow, you smell like horse. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I'm, I, I suddenly feel so bad for all the plain people that had to put up with me because I walked through the barn yeah. one time. It's we, like, don't even, we don't even recognize it usually, though. <laughs> it's like if you go, I think it's very much the same as if you, go in a, uh, if you go to a place where a lot of people smoking and you don't smoke, you smell it for the rest of the day into the next day, right? It's on it your clothes, it's in your hair. It's the same thing. It's that same effect. I don't know. I don't know what it is either. But thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, it, it you uh, you have been a good listener for all of these years, and we certainly enjoy the fact that you've been around since even before Horse Radio Network. So so thanks a bunch. Oh, and thank you guys for everything you do. Believe me, I I really I actually try to queue up my podcast and look forward to a day at the barn where that's all I do is just listen to one after the other. So thank you. God, she must be so sick of me, Mary. I'm sick of me. And I, don't even I know have to I am. I, yeah. 
Well, I just love the year of the listener and getting to know our listeners more. I didn't know that she had been listening since before Horse Radio Network. That's very cool. Well, I didn't know you were doing things before Horse yeah, Radio Network. I thought that was your start. Yeah, that was mm. before anybody knew how to listen. I swear, uh, I the only way you could listen was on a computer at that point. I don't even think you could put it on an iPod. It was very early on. And it took me forever to figure out how to make a show. It was something else. It was That was in the early, early days of podcasting. Well, wow. we are, uh, you know, there's something else that you really have to take a look at because it's been around a long time and it really works, and that's Dr. Rose's Remedies. You should have some Dr. Rose's Remedy skin treatment in your house, and you should also have some in your barn, both places. I use them both places, actually. The I don't know that it's recommended for human use, but, you know, it's one of those things we use it on ourselves all the time. Um, the... the Dr. Rose's is an all-natural herbal salve, and it promotes the rapid and complete healing of skin ailments. It can be used in a wide variety of animals, including dogs, cats, and horses. It helps heal wounds and burns and lacerations. Um, We use it on scratches uh, because we have now two horses with four white feet. Uh, We get scratches, and we're very wet here in Florida. Scratches are a common thing, so we use it on that. Uh, It can be used to relieve itchy skin. We use it on bug bites, uh, on the horses and and the dog, for sure. If you have sunburn, it's great on pink noses. For horses with uh, white or pink noses that get a little bit of a sunburn, it's great for that. Uh, all kinds of uh, dermatitis and just any kind of uh, cut or laceration. It's perfect for that. It's all natural ingredients, no no artificial colorings, no artificial preservatives, no artificial fragrances. It's steroid-free, it's gluten-free, and it's made with human-grade ingredients. I would highly recommend that you have it around. As I said, we keep several bottles of it everywhere. You can find it at most local tax shops. If you can't find it at your local tax shop or feed store, then go to DrRosesRemedies.com and order a bottle today. It comes in a tub, sort of like uh, petroleum jelly, or you can get the spray bottle. We like the spray bottles ourselves. It just seems to be easier to put on. Sort of like, apparently, we like our spray sunscreen and our sprays. Yeah, don't yeah. inhale it. Yeah, apparently. Although it is natural, so. <laughs> and we are in the, really into sprays here because our spray fly spray, our spray uh, sunscreen, and now uh, Dr. Rose's. DrRose'sRemedies.com. Been using it for about six, seven years on, uh, on our horses, dogs, and on us, but don't tell anybody. This Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by Horselovers.com. All the products that we review are brought to you by Horselovers.com and can be found on their website. And Mary just happened to get this one about a month or two ago, and I'm sure you've used them before. Maybe not this particular model, but the Professional's Choice Elite Sports Medicine Boots. These are the ones with the Venetech technology. So I know you've used uh, Professional's Choice Sports Medicine Boots before, and now you got the ones with this special Ventec. Tell us about your experience. Uh, yes, I have used the Professional's Choice Boots before, and funny story, cleaning up my tack room, I, found, I still have my very, very first pair, and I'm talking these are from the early uh, 90s, and they're still usable. No. Um, 
Yep, they have got have a few cracks in the neoprene, and, and I know they've really improved on them since then. But yep, they're still usable. Um, and uh, so I've I've used them. Uh, I've used a lot of horse boots for years. I've used uh, the Pro Choice. I've worked in a lot of reining barns where, uh, you know, we're putting them on 16, 17 horses a day. Uh, so, so I like them overall and this particular brand that I got to try out, this is the Vintech SMB Elite. Um, I was using them on Guthrie, a few of my other horses and I was purposely pretty hard on them. Um, you know, let them run through mud puddles and, uh, because I wanted to see how they held up. And, uh, I really like, um, I really like this style there. One thing I noticed that's different from, you know, maybe previous styles is, they're a lot more uh, soft and stretchy, and uh, I kind of like that about them. Um, and the for people boots, that just don't understand boots and what you're supposed to use mm-hmm. when, wh- when would you use these boots? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I use them most often uh, to protect the horse's uh, leg and cannon bone from... Uh, I, I use it mostly... To keep them, uh, you know, if I'm working on a reining horse and I'm getting them to spin and and um, all of those kinds of things, they they uh, run the risk of hitting themselves in the leg and those sensitive parts of their leg with their feet. Or if they're going around the round pen and maybe they kick out or they just accidentally hit it, it protects their legs uh, from injury in that way. Uh, the they do provide some uh, amount of suspensory support. Um, and what I like about uh, these boots over, say, polo wraps is, uh, you know, when you're wrapping your horse, unless you know how to properly wrap, it is really easy to cause more damage than you're preventing. But with these boots, um, it's really hard to mess up. Uh, if you don't do it quite right, you're, you really have a low risk of, of hurting your horse or bowing, you know, causing a bandage bow. Um, they're pretty easy to do. They've, you know, even if you don't know how, they've got really good instructions uh, on the packaging. And, uh, so they held up really well. I have to say, and this is a weird thing. My number one favorite thing about these boots is, uh, the Velcro part. And why do I say that? Well, in the past, um, the boots that I would use in different barns, uh, you know, throw them in the wash, pull them out. And when they're kind of clean, I could not get the Velcro off the boot. And when I'm trying to get it around the horse's leg, the Velcro would get stuck again. And if you're just, Riding one horse a day, it's not a big deal, but when you're, you know, pulling them on and off 17 horses a day and you have to go very quickly, it is so annoying. And with these that I love, um, the Velcro uh, comes undone super easy. It just pulls right off, but it doesn't come undone when you don't want it to, if that makes sense. Yeah, we call the other kind nuclear Velcro. Because oh, you just you just can't get it off for some you reason. You can't get it off, and and I'll pull them apart to put them on the horse's leg. But as I bring it around the horse, then it attaches back to itself really quickly. I have to do it again. It drives me crazy. And these did not do that. So that was my number one, you know, uh, big little uh, plus on these. It's the little <laughs> things. Yeah. We so used we used not this particular one. The Ventec uh, technology. Uh, is it kind of gives it uh, it makes it more breathable it's uh ventilated and it uses is uh, uses a limestone based neoprene exterior so uh it's just a little bit different and a little more breathable 
than the old ones, but we used the old ones. I had a pony that died at 42 or 43, and we were driving that pony up into his upper 30s. That pony would just go forever. That was my lifetime pony, Piper. But had a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a suspensory issue. Go figure, at the age of 35. And we put these boots on. It was, she was fine. You know, she would just go all day. She didn't care and was never sore if we, if we used the boots. So they do, they do as you said, provide that a little bit of uh, support that way, too. Yeah, and, and the good thing about uh, these boots um, is, uh, you know, in the past uh, with different brands of boots, I've had things happen. You know, the Velcro, you, you break off um, one of the little tabs or, or, you know, stuff happens. And these come with, um, they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. If for whatever reason you don't like it, um, you can send it back, full refund, um, minus shipping and handling, but they also have a warranty period, which I think is awesome. Um, and I don't know if this is new, if this is newer, if this, if this has always been the case with the pro choice. Um, but, uh, there's a warranty period. It's a one year warranty. Uh, if something happens to them, you can get them repaired. Uh, or I even think you can get replaced as long as you have uh, proof of purchase. Um, and then, uh, the uh, as far as washing, uh, I like to wash them frequently because if you're using them on several different horses, you just want to keep it clean. I do what the instructions say not to do, and I throw them in the wash hot. I put detergent on them, and they hold up great. If you do that, you're not supposed to. If you do that, I think if you use any kind of solvents, or, you know, a harsh chemical, uh, then they're not covered under warranty but the of if um if you want to wash them correctly to take care of them i like to just i throw them on the um the floor of a wash bay and i like to use something like easy all or just a really easy um uh not very uh, aggressive soap and you just hose them off hang them up they're dry in the summer day they're dry in a few minutes and they hold up to many many washes really really well uh, so overall, I really like them. I, there's some improvements with these over other styles I've used that I really like. Number one is the Velcro. Very good. Was there something, is there anything you didn't like about them? Um, the only thing I would knock them on, um, pretty much I, I liked them all around. Uh, I don't know what these are running these days. Yeah, these are uh, actually at horselovers.com. They're eighty six twenty regularly, $97 regular price. So they're a really good price there. That's for a pair. You can buy a f- pair of fronts or bare backs, whatever you want to do there. And the other cool thing is they come in sizes, so you're going to want to check the size chart to see what your horse will take. And they come in uh, lots of cool colors. So you color people out there, you got crimson red and royal and black and turquoise and raspberry and Pacific blue and lime green so you can go crazy with your professionals choice suits they came out with that uh, several years ago and they but seem- if you want style and you don't want to go too crazy uh the pair that i got uh the whole boot was black and then the, just the straps were colored and uh they had, they were black with roses all over them so i kind of thought oh, cool. that was cool because <laughs> i felt like i could go if i had these on in the warm-up pen i could step into the show pin with them and it wouldn't be Oh my gosh, he's got the lime green, the lime green yeah. <laughs> at the raining show. So they were so you can still have just a little bit of style 
um, you know, and on the price, the for what you're getting, the price is and very good. They last good. forever, as and you said. I mean, they, uh, like I said, I have my very first pair from the early '90s, and uh, so, um, so that's that would probably be the only thing is you have to be willing to make a bit of an investment. But if you get them, you don't like them; they're the wrong size. You can exchange, you can return. So, uh, so that really helps if you're if you're experiencing any kind of buyer's remorse. Um, you know, for the quality, the price is good, but you're you're going to need to make a little bit of a a little bit of a leap to buy them. Thank you very much, Mary. Appreciate that. And you can find them at horselovers.com. We'll put a link in our show notes, and also we'll post it on Facebook as this week's product of the week. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And you can find Mary at marykitzmiller.com or on Facebook under Mary Kitzmiller Horsemanship. And you have some DVDs available too, right? I do. I do. Uh, I've got three DVDs. I've got one on colt starting using low resistance methods of uh, uh, getting a filly up uh, prepared for her first ride. Uh, I've got one on uh, an introduction to clicker training concepts. Um, and then I also have one uh, uh how I teach a horse to lay down. It's called the lay down and it's a no ropes, no resistance method of teaching your horse to lay down. You can find all of those at marykitzmiller.com and you can of course listen to Mary second Thursday of every month on horses in the morning. That's it for this week. Helena will be back next week and we would love to hear from you. If you want to be one of our listeners and listener of the week, drop me an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. If you'd like to become an auditor, head over to stablescoop.com and there's an auditor banner in the middle of the page. You can become one for as little as a dollar a month. And let me tell you, that is one of the most active Facebook pages in history. Uh, so h- head on over to stablescoop.com to find out how to do that. Well, that's it for this week. Well, at least there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping.